0: Warning: This episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. Everybody and welcome to Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. She is a certified sex therapist and is pursuing her PhD in somatic-based sex therapies. She teaches individuals and couples all over the world the art of intimacy and trust by being vulnerable, accountable for attachment styles, and understanding love languages. Most importantly, she teaches couples how to curate a date night experience using the five pillars of romance, weaving together Western clinical research and intimacy with Eastern philosophies of tantric pleasure. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the top three reasons partnerships go stale, the top three reasons relationships fail, the top three ingredients for a fulfilling partnership, and how Date Night Blueprint is the answer. Raven, welcome to the show. Hello, Romeo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So here, let's get started because we got some good stuff to talk about. So Raven, before we begin, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here?
1: Yeah. um, So I am a um, certified sex therapist I'm also a tantra practitioner, an energy healer, and my journey I describe as a pressure cooker method. So my journey in sex and sexuality was put a lid on it, pretend it's not there for a few decades, and hope it'll go away. Well, that didn't work. (laughs) So, um, So, you know, the lid blew and all of a sudden, I needed a channel to really understand this energy and really understand and go deep within myself
0: mm-hmm. to
1: understand myself with intimacy and sexuality and orgasm and all of these all of these energies in my body. So Tantra was really a gateway for me to channel the energy to. And then later I joined um, with the Western Clinical Research with a clinical psychology degree because I really became obsessed with understanding what it takes for masculine and feminine, feminine energies to come together in juiciness and to be in long-term relationships. So as a result, um, I've worked with a lot of couples
0: around the world and keeping that spark alive. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were raised as a Jehovah witness, correct? I was part of the pressure cooker ah. born
1: Jehovah witness. Um, there was a there's a book out um, just for youth, and it's called Young People Ask. And there was a chapter in there about masturbation, how to fight the urge. And so this was the teaching of Jehovah's Witness was don't touch yourself in pleasure. You only have sex till after you get married. And so it was really confusing about sex for me because, OK, we're not supposed to have it. What Can I have pleasure? But wait, I have to wait till I'm married, but then
0: don't have too great of sex. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself. So, sure. I, uh, you know, you know what I really wanted to talk about is, and you can probably agree that we are living. I mean, people are dating and switching partners and boyfriend girlfriends. We're switching our the people who are with more than ever. It's kind of like you know, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling this this week and and then we're over. But let's say I feel like there is this thing that once you're in a relationship, um, I feel like I'm seeing this trend where th- things go like in partnerships, uh, things go stale really quick. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me, but I am realizing that people are like we're I don't know. It feels like it's happening faster than before. Like we want to get there. Like, we want to get to the finish, the finish line, the finishing line, like now, you know, we don't want to wait. And any like slight issues that you might have when you're in a relationship, like, let's say when a partnership goes stale, okay, I'm breaking up. People don't want to invest. They don't want to, uh, work towards, Hey, you know what? This person, I, I really love this person. I really like this person. I'm enjoying my time with this person. Let's work on this. But my question for you is what are the reasons partnerships go stale?
1: Yeah. So I get asked this question probably a hundred percent of the time from the couples that I seek, because the couples I see are together at least 10 years or more. So they come to me to like keep the spark alive, keep it cruising along, um, in in the area of Tantra. Now in couples therapy that I do, I usually get these issues that come up in marriages They come to me with a complaint, right? But in both areas, I get this issue of like, what do we do? um, And why do relationships go stale? Which is what I do is I research that is like, why are relationships going stale? You know, first off and foremost, I want to comment on the culture of swiping. Because I feel like
0: Right, instant because, gratification. the Insta culture, you know, yeah, instant gratification, yeah. right? Yep.
1: It's not only the physical, like when we're on dating apps, but this is the concept you're talking about when you first get into a relationship. Is we're like, oh, uh, a trigger, an issue comes up, swipe. Right. Exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> it's not working. Sorry, next person. You know, back on the app again.
1: Then I just want to propose a different perception of instead. When something comes up that like triggers you or that's really hard for you to digest or process, consider leaning into the uh, being uncomfortable Mm. and leaning into your partner and being like, I feel really uncomfortable with this topic and I'm super embarrassed to say this, but and then say it. Like, I encourage that behavior instead of avoidance, which is which brings me to the three. Primary reasons that partnerships go stale, mm-hmm. and that is routine responsibilities and recoiling. So, routine is we all get into these areas of our lives, right? We just we're working, we're taking care of the kids, we're taking care of the house, we're not prior to prior say it for me, Roman prior to-
0: prior to- <laughs> oh, prioritizing. <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Prioritizing. We're not prioritizing intimacy. Like, intimate. And I'm not even talking about intimacy, even within the coupleship yet. I'm talking about intimacy with ourselves. True. Often do we just sit for two minutes with our hand on our heart and just be like, how am I feeling Mm -hmm. right now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So getting caught up in that routine of life is just kills partnerships and relationships. We have got to invest in relationships and, and, and make it like a, an intentional, um, intentional correction of behavior, basically. I agree. And just letting it go.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with that because I mean, this is your ride or die, you know, you gotta take care of that. You gotta take care of that other person regardless if you're, you know, starting off, you're in the middle, you know, whatever, whether you're married, single, whatever, you you know, you got to look. I think there is this thing where you said it, you said that we got to take care of ourselves, right? We got to, we got to do that first. Cause I think when we do that, we will understand how to take care of others um, you know, I think a lot of, there, it's very easy to fall into the, into, into a way where, oh, I'm in a relationship, so I don't have to put enough effort. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I'm already in it. Okay. If it does, okay. We don't have to go out tonight. It'll be tomorrow. You know, it devalues the relationship when you, your routines become your priority or you're stuck in that routine. And the last thing you, you, you think about is, you know, uh, let's say you're coming home for your partner your partner, you're coming home late at night and your partner's waiting for you and you're tired and you're, you know, you're not really prioritizing to spend time with each other. hundred percent. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. And so, um, I love working with couples and really like prioritizing, you know, intimacy with themselves and then to being able to connect um, with each other, and then the um, second um, reason partnerships go stale: responsibilities, right? So that leads into why we get into these routines: is because we have um, responsibilities with family, we have responsibilities with work, we have responsibilities. We want to go to the gym and take care of our bodies, right? And 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 do our own thing, right? And then it seems like we have nothing left for this partnership that we're in with this other person, and so it's really. Um, shifting your responsibilities so that if the partnership is a priority and in investing, then your responsibilities are going to come after that, you know, instead of before that. Right, basically. right, right. Oh, and I do want to mention something about what you mentioned, Romeo. About you know, at the beginning of a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the beginning of a relationship, um, and statistics show um, that this lasts from zero to. By the time we meet someone, up to two years, we are flooded with chemicals.
0: <laughs> really, <laughs> these new kind
1: rela- chemicals. So we have oxytocin, right? Right, we have yes, dopamine. this I know. Right. We've got serotonin, like running through our our, which, our veins. Which is,
0: you know, I, I and you can and you can prove that because uh, when when people they, they you know when you when you get into a relationship, both couples uh, both individuals in the relationship, they gain weight. Uh, right. there's that, what is it called that love weight? I think that's what it's called. Um, that's an indication cause of, you know, you're happy, you know, when you're happy, obviously you eat, but like you see that often in, 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 in couples. And I know that because I've, I've, I've gained weight when I've been in relationships.
1: Yeah. And so what the chemicals do is they give our partner this angel like quality, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So, oh, 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 it's okay, honey. Like Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> you know, and these behaviors are the exact behaviors that later on get really annoying when the chemicals are gone.
0: Interesting, right? really. Yes, you know. Um, so there is a doctor out there. I forget, gosh, I forget her name, but I follow her on on Instagram. But she said she gave a great advice. She said that if you're really serious and you really want to get to know someone. Uh, you really have to date them, date that person, all four seasons. Mm -hmm. What is she saying? It's saying that you got to get to know the person past that point of, you know, what you're talking about, that angelic stage where, you know, the honeymoon phase, you got to get past that because that's where the true challenges are. And I feel that that's where, Uh, I mean, you see that sometimes where people are in relationships and let's say they're past the honeymoon phase and then the breakup happens shortly after that. Why is that? Because we haven't been taught how to navigate being in a relationship, how to be honest with ourselves, how to address things. Um, We go through the motions without being honest with ourselves, but particularly with the relationship. And um, I feel that if more people were to... I want to say educate themselves, but really, really invest in learning how to be a really ideal partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can have the relationship you want for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm an advocate for reverse dating. Ooh. So reverse, yeah, reverse dating is actually coming to the table in vulnerability with somebody that you just meet that you might have a spark with. And let's not, like, get dressed up fully for dinner, you know, like you would normally for the first date. Like, let's just, like, really be in the presence of who you really are on a day-to-day experience and have the bravery to show up in front of another human that you have an interest, you know, in getting to know and just say, actually, this is more of who I am. And then... Once you've dated for a few years, I say, whip out the hot, you know, date night uh, outfits, whip out the lingerie, whip out the, the, these tools, these things that we normally do at the beginning of a date.
0: I say, put them on the back end. That's two to five. That's amazing advice you're giving right there. That is genius because we all put everything, at, we all kind of like, okay. We come to the battle to the battle, you know, the, the, the battlefield <laughs> with all of our gear, like on top of everything and like, revealing, okay. revealing, yes, here <laughs> here revealing <we> everything. <laughs> you're right. You got, you know, and that goes back to kind of just you got to leave some mystery to yourself. You got to be honest, but really kind of, you know, throughout the relationship, start dropping in those little things where you're talking about wearing the lingerie, doing this, doing that. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to get sidetracked here, but um, you were. About to talk about you were talking about responsibilities. And I think you had a the, the third one you were talking about in regards to the partnership. Why partnerships go stale? Um,
1: recoiling. This one is an absolute passion of mine to like research and to be able to articulate and to avoid because recoiling is also known as withdraw. It's also known as avoidance in relationship. This is the number one reason relationships go stale is because when something triggers us or doesn't feel good or is uncomfortable about the relationship or about the other person, there is a tendency to want to avoid that feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. I'm
1: going to take off. I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to even emotionally withdraw right in front of you. And this is absolutely like it. I consider it, it has to be addressed because even if you are feeling uncomfortable and you don't want to talk about it, please come to your partner and say, I am wanting to run for the hills right now. I This is such an uncomfortable feeling I'm having right now. I just need about three hours to be with myself to try to like, you know, feel like feel into this or think about this. Please set some time with your partner about when you will return from that recoiling because that is being responsible for your avoidance. It's not that you don't have to, you can't have avoidance because we as humans, we need that time sometimes to like process shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like what am I feeling? I don't even know why this is triggering me. So we need that time, but it's really important to communicate to your partner. I will be back.
0: You know, hearing you say that takes me back to when I was younger and I was dating. I think that when we do, when we do recoil, that is, first of all, I, I don't know if it's harsh for me to say or me judging myself, but or just overall, there, that is some a little bit of. I want to say immature, but I think looking back and taking inventory, when I did this, I would do that. I used to do this. A lot of it comes from the fear of, Oh my gosh, they're going to see the nasty side of me. Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose them. If I, if, if I confront them, there is this fear. And now what I know now is that you shouldn't feel any of that because if the person is there like they really truly love you and they and they re- they really like you for who you are then this shouldn't be a problem it should be an open door hey you know what i'm not i feel this way let me come back to you or hey i can't talk about this right now but the point is is to be really honest because what ends up happening when you recoil and you go about your day you are cooking in those emotions and it's building and then you get vulnerable, someone says something, let's just say to give an example, and you start crying, you're like, I don't know why I was like, it's because you're holding on to it. And then you end up being a little bit, you know, snarky and just, you know, it's not good to recoil 100%. And, and also, we, Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say it's... uh Uh, I remember when I was younger and, uh, I think a lot of us do that and it's from fear. Would you say, is that correct? That it, it, the recoiling aspect of it, when we do that, it comes from that fear of like, oh my gosh, they are going to see the ugly side of my, of me. And they're probably going to leave me if I, if I, if I do speak up, you know?
1: Absolutely. We all have things that if you feel deep down inside, you say, if this person knew this about me they would not want to be with me. Right. Right. Yep. Reason is, is because I don't want to be with me because Mm -hmm, of it. mm -hmm. I'm judging it. So I know that this person will judge it and will not want to be with me because of it. And I do want to, uh, validate that if you have any trauma in your background, that this feeling is going to be very visceral in your body. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be a valid survival technique for you to avoid this confrontation. But since you are in a relationship, chances are, is that it is actually a safe place for you to discover these feelings that you're having that you want to avoid. Um, And so there are um, many ways to work through somatic expressions of like fear and anger and resentment um and to be witnessed by your partner right you no know? and that's the other thing is I don't want partners to think that oh my gosh I I'm the one that has to fix this for the other person you
0: shouldn't that's not that's not your job you know that's no one's job for yeah sure. but
1: um there are ways to build up holding space for your partner to go through something really challenging and really difficult and um yeah, that's just like that's so important. And um, when I share this with couples, they just it's so simple, like just setting a time frame, like babe, I I'm having a really hard time right now. I'm going to be back and check back in with you in 6 hours. Like that simplicity has just has couples has changed couples like around the world. It's so amazing.
0: And and it does something because it's a, you're addressing, you're 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 really acknowledging, hey, now is not the time, but what are you doing? You're being vulnerable, and when we're vulnerable, people see us for see us. They they do they, they see they really see us, and but when we're when we recoil, I don't know what's going on. Well, what did I do? You know, or you know the the, the other person is saying well, what you know what's going on. You just left, you, or you know you didn't tell me this. Why didn't you say this? You hear that all the time. Um, so here's what I actually, and I'm kind of working backwards here. What I want to know is what, what are the reasons relationships fail?
1: Yeah, well, we touched on it a little bit, which is trauma. So if one or more partners has trauma in the background, um, and there's what we call trauma Trauma bonding. bonding. Yeah. Right. Like we were talking about this earlier, right? Yeah. So when one or more people in a partnership, have the experience of trauma, we have not only um, does research research indicate that our brain dramatically is different and operates differently from those who haven't experienced trauma, but also that correlates to how our body may get, go into flight, fight um, situations. And so if you are trauma bonded with a partner, that is going to really presents some challenges and it's going to require that, um, people in the partnership really work on their own shit, like in a really healthy, constructive way that, that trauma through breath work, through workshops, through therapy, um, you know? Yeah. Like therapy, like really ways to get it out. Um, it's going to require that they really be cognizant of aware. I'll give you an example. Okay, I have trauma in my background. It's rooted in neglect, um, lack of access to food, water, shelter. And so when I come to a relationship, my default attachment style is anxious. So in the shadow, what that means is I can appear very needy in a relationship and I'm constantly leaning in for more, more, more this has been suffocating to some partners in the past It's off-putting
0: yeah yeah
1: right (laughs) and so it's like it's almost like it's never enough for my partners you know and until i understood my trauma i was like oh my gosh i need to make sure that people i'm dating are aware of this like listen i have trauma in my background My default attachment style is anxious. I've done a lot of work in it where now I test more secure. But I just want to let you know, like, if I'm wobbly or go off, like, this is what the characteristics that are going to look like for me. And more importantly, this is how, if you would like to engage in, like, nourishing me or comfort me, this is what works. You can hold me. Like you can, you can just be there right in front of me and just, you know, hold space for me going through a process. You can ask me if I want to go for a walk in the woods. That is so key that a person knows how to comfort their trauma. If you don't, your relationship, it has a very high percentage rate of failing.
0: It's interesting you say that because, uh, I really agree with you on that. And why am I saying it's interesting is because a lot of us go, let's say we go through life or we, we, we yeah, we go through life with ever addressing our childhood tra- uh, trauma or childhood issues, and you're going to continue attracting the same people over and over and be stuck in that loophole, same issues, same thing, and you have to break that. How do you break it? Well, you got to figure out what works for you. If it's therapy, if it's cognitive therapy, if it's coaching, you have to break that. We have to learn how to do that. Only then I feel when you are done, um, you've you've really have sorted out your childhood trauma or childhood issues. You'll become the better version that you do know you who you are, and you become a better person. Because otherwise, what you said, for example, the what you said, the attachment one, the attachment. Uh, uh, trauma. Uh, you, you see that, you see that when you, we see that when we meet people, you know, we see these, yeah. these are the red flags <laughs> that we talk about. Oh, what are the, some red flags? This is a red flag. This is a red flag, but it it, 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 listen, it's, it's, it's hard. It's easier said, it's easier said than done, you know, going and and really accepting, hey, I have trauma. Some people it's embarrassing or people don't want to talk about because of the, how deep the trauma is or how hurtful and it's going back to the, the child you, you know, um, I really, really think that, um, it's very, uh, important for now, you know, especially because wellness, um, being mindful is, is huge now. Um, and really addressing this and trying to not be in a trauma bonding relationship is for sure not a good thing.
1: Or you can be in one, but you be aware and cognizant. Really? And, yes. And are our traumas compatible?
0: Wait. So oh, you got to explain this one.
1: I know. I know. This is like, this is just such a beautiful concept that I've learned from. How is that possible, people. though? Because if both partners are aware of their traumas and, like me, I'm able to identify. ABC that helps to comfort and soothe me. And I know about my partner needs ABC to comfort Mm -hmm. their trauma. And it's something that I can easily do, then it works, right? If I have a partner on board that I've enrolled and said, hey, these are my issues that I've got and I know how to comfort them within me, but also I would love to share with you how you could play a role in a part." in comforting them. And if, for instance, if my partner's um, comforting is like, I need you to just be there, be like a pillar of strength. And that means just being in the room and letting me blow off steam. Yes, I can do that. You know, these are things that I can do. Now, if a partner tells me that I need the space to leave for three days without saying a word, That is not working for me. (laughs) I cannot offer that because of my trauma.
0: Now, but isn't that, I mean, to an extent, that's a little bit, and maybe I'm wrong here, but it's kind of a codependent relationship.
1: It is different than codependency because it's awareness. Mm -hmm. And both partners have um, intentionally enrolled in it versus codependency is you you're not intentionally enrolled in it you're in a uh behavioral pattern that's kind of automatic based on not being aware of what's happening oh, does that make
0: sense yeah that no 100% thank you for clarifying that so what what, yeah. what are the other ones what are the other uh, so we have trauma bonding
1: yeah so we talked about it recoiling is also avoidance
0: and this is for the reasons for failed relationships like Okay.
1: Avoidance is one of the number one uh, recipes for failure in a relationship. So Julie and John Gottman they do the most research on um, couples, mm-hmm. and they call these bids for intimacy. So bids when a, a relationship is successful, the more bids for intimacy there is. In other words, the more lean-ins you have in a relationship. So. If every time you're having a feeling, are you leaning in to your partner? Are you leaning in? Are you leaning in or are you leaning out? You know, and you want to be cognizant of that because the more lean-ins you have, the more successful your relationship is. Avoidance, the more avoidance you have, you know, the divorce rate right now is 67%. Crazy. Isn't that insane?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I mean, so... This is really, uh, this is really a formula that, um, i love Ju- Julie and John Gottman's work because they've really been able to provide like this blueprint for what makes a marriage last or a partnership.
0: I, I you know, I, I like that you talked about the leaning to lean in and it, it, when you lean in there's success, uh, you know, what do they tell you in, in business? Like, you know, when you're networking, you got to lean in because what does that do? It opens other doors But here in in a relationship, when you lean in, you're really participating, you're really being active about it. And when you lean out, you're not, you're just, you're probably being judgmental. I mean, at least I would say uh, you're being, you're kind of looking at it from a different perspective instead of like, how can I help facilitate or how can I help, you know, like really, you got to just be there. I mean, am I making sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just... And that looks like um, when you don't feel like doing it, you say, babe, I, I really don't feel like doing this right now, but I'm leaning in. I'm trying to lean in. And I'm willing to lean in.
0: And you're doing two <laughs> things. You're acknowledging, hey, it's uncomfortable for me right now, but I'm here for you. Versus, you know, versus, hey, you know what, babe? I can't do this right now. What does that do? It, it makes that other person feel like, okay, well, what you know, like you're my ride or die. You're just supposed to be there, but you know, you know, it's, I like that advice that you gave. Um, that's great. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And then, um, one of the last really prominent features that I see in couples, um, that's a reason for failure is this, it does relate back to trauma when, partners re-traumatize each other when they're interacting with each other. And what I see is this is when, you know, partners go back and forth with fighting
0: mm. and there's no It's the same What's argument. Not-
1: yes. And it's like, <laughs> you're just re-traumatizing each other over and over and over again. And usually it's a trauma
0: trigger that turns into like this ping pong. And, you, and it's so funny because- we see that in comedy. This is why I, I'm, I'm a, you know I'm a, I'm, a com, uh, I'm a comedic actor, but I love comedies because comedies show us like, what how fucked up we are, <laughs> Like, really? And what yeah. do you see in sitcoms? The husband and wife having the same argument over and over, and it's that ping-pong thing. And why do we yeah. laugh? Why is there laughter behind that? Because it is true. Yeah. Absolutely. And now, how do we know we're, 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 we're doing that?
1: Um, usually the couples that I see when they come in to see me on the therapy side of things, they're really sick of it. They're really sick of the same shit happening over and over again, the same feeling happening in the relationship. Now I gave you the three reasons like relationships fail. That's what's underneath on a deeper level. They, it usually comes to me as like, they're not listening. I have, I have a low libido. I don't want to be sexual with them. I have um, sexual dysfunction issues, premature ejaculation. Um, Those are all the topical issues that I get. But what I gave you is what's really going on, you know?
0: And and and, and that's the rewounding is it what you're talking about right the you mentioned it right Now um so let's let's focus let's let's end this on a positive note Now what are the <laughs> yes. what you know cuz we, we talked about partnerships why partnerships go stale why they fail Now yeah. what we want to know is what are the ingredients to uh, uh, for a fulfilling partnership Oh yes
1: this is my favorite <laughs> I just feel this in my body when I um,
0: discuss it. I could see it. I could see it. You you, you know, you you, you, like you lit up.
1: Romeo, when after I work with a couple um, and they've been together for 20 years and I'm going to get emotional. But when they're connecting so deeply with each other after 20, 25 years and they've learned how to touch each other in a new way. Wow. Like emotionally. That is so fucking rewarding <laughs> to know that it's possible. You know, yes. most of us did not have parents that, if they were together for a long period of time, they weren't necessarily happy and in love.
0: It's very rare to find those individuals, you know, that are like that, uh, that have been together and they've worked it out. They've gone, you know, they, they've they've done everything, and and I love that you find this rewarding when you do uh, you do, you know, uh, bring them together again and find new ways to fall in love again. Really? Um, yeah. So
1: juicy. Um, and the way I do it now is through the date night blueprint. So it's that, it's that concept of lean in, lean in. I invite couples to do at least a three hour date night every month, if not weekly. I agree with this. Um, yeah. Right. To be able to like, just, Get away from that routine, responsibility, recoiling, and let's set an intention and invest time and money into us, you know, coming together and being in that powerful partnership. Um, and so, um, one of the primary um, um, concepts that I teach couples is called the five pillars of romance. Ooh. And we're going to engage the five pillars of romance like things get juicy again, you know and um it's it's in the date night blueprint, um, but I can give them to you here since you can um, give us uh,
0: we're running out of time, but you can give us kind of like a little uh abbreviated ver- not abbreviation like short version of it. Um, okay uh, I, did, I did I'm aware of this and and um I really do love the these five pillars of romance but go ahead and tell us a little bit about them.
1: Okay. well I'll just make it short and
0: sweet. it's atmosphere.
1: Communication, presence,
0: touch, and rituals. And this is novelty. Okay. This is like the novelty of it, right? Of the Yes. Yeah, so
1: it's really important. Research indicates that uh, one of the reasons that long-term marriages or partnerships stay successful is
0: novelty. Hundred- Bringing in the,
1: new- the newness, yes. the spark.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. You know, I want to comment on something. There is this amazing account that I love and I talk about this on the show all the time. It's called meet cute NYC. And it, this account goes, the guy goes randomly all over New York city. Uh, you know, he like, uh, ta- he, he, he'll ask like random, uh, couples, Hey, are you guys a couple? And they're like, yeah, how did you guys meet when these stories are so beautiful? Cause He talks to all different types of couples. My favorite ones are like the older couples that he interviews. And um, why am I smiling is because you hear this, there's this thing. They always say, he just always, or she always keeps me on my toes. There's always (laughs) something exciting. And and a a, a good thing, there's always something exciting to look forward to. They say this, he always makes something. There's this spark. I never, I feel like I'm going on, and this is me just like reiterating what they say, like, Oh, I feel like I'm going on my first date. Every time I go out with this guy, this guy makes me laugh. Like he's always full of surprises. She's full of surprises. She's always thoughtful. It's that novelty. And they're yeah. so happy. And you see it. You you genuinely see it and you feel it. I highly advise to our listeners to really follow this account. Cause this account's amazing. I got to bring this guy on the show. Uh, these people, cause it's, it's amazing. But I, I, I agree with you. Like, uh, you gotta have this novelty. This you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta has to. You have to do that. It's it, it, to have, have to.
1: novelty when you're in like a routine and you've been together for so many years. You have to step out and try something different. You've got to invest in like classes or therapy or. um, And I do want to say one thing about um, typical just couples therapy that has a tendency sometimes to be about like, what's your problem. Right. 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 As a therapist, I get so many couples that are like, these are the problems that we have. Can you fix it? No. And <laughs> I'd rather much rather approach instead guiding them through a date night experience. Amazing. And then it come up within that presence, within that date night experience that we will address. That's a much better way to approach issues in the relationship.
0: Yeah. Mm. So romance is what creating the atmosphere. I mean the novelty is what creating the atmosphere, like creating the the ambiance or create, like really setting the tone, the mood, I want to say, is that correct? Yes. So and- yeah, in
1: the date night blueprint there's five aspects to the atmosphere that you can check out, but think about um in particular the feminine um loves walking into a space that's like, you know, you got your flowers and your music and your candles. It's like You know, it's so inviting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly.
0: That's the word of inviting. Okay, so then, and then communication is what being clearly, being very straightforward and honest with yourself and your partner?
1: Um, It's actually, I give you a tool, a short version of active listening. That's really important because it allows, uh, especially the masculine doesn't have to take responsibility for fixing the feminine kind of expressions of communication so that's the biggest nugget that comes out of that. When I do this work is men are like, you mean I can listen to her for five minutes and I don't have to fix anything. And I'm like, <laughs> yep. And, and and guess what? She feels heard, seen, loved and communication is the lube for the feminine.
0: And, 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 and when we talk about feminine and masculine energy folks here, we're talking about that men can have feminine energy. Females can have masculine energy. We can have both. You can have other it's, she's just putting it to perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm queer. Um, I'm pansexual. I love all genders. You're very so feminine. <laughs> I've been, very, I've been married to women and that women that are masculine. So that's why I use masculine and feminine because I have a very clear understanding. Well, there's, that see,
0: this there, we're easily, both. we can easily identify with these type of energies. We, people, individual, individually, like, you know, you, you, you can, con, you connect with these. So, uh, thank you for clarifying that communication. I, unless I cut you off by accident and uh what presence is that being present and presence like when you're present and you're really there and you're mindful um so yeah i
1: have um videos and instructions on how to get completely present because the challenge is is that we're running around in our day and we get to date night and we sit down and we're like (laughs) and our mind is still going oh you know right and so I teach um these these practices one of them is like the hand on heart and staring into the eyes of your beloved there's no cell phone there's no distractions you've hired a babysitter no this is like this is couple's time you nice. take it serious right right so and I have several practices in there that really allow you to get really present and that alone I would say if there's one most important out of all of these, it's presence
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be present. Um, uh, and then there's touch and ritual.
1: Yeah. So masculine processes a lot through touch, Yeah. you know? So I show five different ways to touch your beloved, um, and, um, through also a, um, tantric massage experience. I Ooh. get full instruction
0: that. Nice.
1: Yeah think about all the different ways you can touch your beloved Oh, there's and the masculine really loves it when you approach with touch first and then the masculine really like sinks in more.
0: So That's yes, nice. touches and rituals is what creating ritual
1: <laughs> uh, rituals are when you go to bed at night, are you saying a uh, good night, babe? I love you. Giving him a kiss.
0: Oh, nice. That's just one example you're using, right? Like, yes, that's just one example.
1: But when I say rituals, I mean what are what what do you have with your beloved and or your partner that is on a regular daily basis?
0: You know, um, I love going to coffee shops on Sunday morning because Sunday morning in coffee shops, like I, I advise people to go. You see couples. Early in the morning, I'm talking like early, which no one wakes up really early, but you see couples like together having coffee. And I, for me, I feel like I have lo- I pay attention, you know, I'm a people watcher, but I noticed that to me, this is like a, a ritual that couples have. Let's go have coffee in the morning while the kids are still asleep, you know, like they do that. You know, I, you see these little rituals people do, but uh, um, okay. And then you talked about, so you did, you, thank you for clarifying uh, the novelty and, and you explained already the... The date nights, you you told us the importance of that and the daily uh, lean-ins, you you clarify that for us. Thank you. Now we're running out of time here. So, Raven, how can we get a hold of you? What is the best way to contact you?
1: Yeah, um, date com is the date night. My contact information is on there. You can work with me either one-on-one um, or and I see individuals and couples. And you can work with me in a therapy side or a tantric practitioner side um, or just experience the date night blueprint.
0: All right, Raven. Thank you so much. Romy, uh,
1: you are so amazing. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> no problem. All right, ladies. I, and-
1: would, I would definitely take you to a coffee shop. <laughs> and <romance you. laughs> Yeah.
0: Hey, when I'm in L.A., for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. Till next time. Bye.